Welcome back to the All in the Homeschool Day podcast, where we talk about all aspects of homeschooling to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. And in today's episode, we will really be touching on that aspect of confidence. One of the most common questions I hear from parents is about homeschool planning and relating to what they need to teach, what they need to plan. Specifically, some of those questions have been, there is so much available, I don't know how to narrow down what to use. And what do I actually have to teach? Well, there's really no right or wrong answer. And that is the beauty of homeschooling is just that flexibility that you have. In a couple of weeks, I'll be talking on the podcast about how you can plan your homeschool using a non-traditional plan. In today's episode, I want to walk you through the six-step process that I use to plan our homeschool year. This keeps it simple, and each year I know exactly what I need to do. I walk through the, the same steps, and I can get our homeschool year planned pretty quickly. A couple of episodes ago, in episode 71, we talked about how I actually find time to plan our homeschool year. And I'll link to that in the show notes so that you could go check that one out. But basically, I schedule homeschool teacher work days. And on these work days, I start that planning process. I did mention in the episode that I don't accomplish our entire year's planning on those work days. I do have to have some extra days planned for that, but that that does help me accomplish some of that. So you can learn how I plan those work days on episode 71. But let's get into the six-step process that I use to plan our homeschool year. And it starts with the very first one, your very first step is to know your overall goals. What do you want to achieve? You may have heard the advice to go find the curriculum that works for you and they'll have it all planned out for you. And that's true. And that is one way that you could approach that. But I prefer approaching it from the perspective of planning a homeschool year that is going to be right for my children and for our family. So we start by looking at our mission statement. If you've not written your homeschool mission statement, I would encourage you to start there. That will help you make choices with confidence. I actually refer to our homeschool mission statement as our decision-making framework. And that framework allows me to look at curriculum choices, to look at extracurricular activities, to look at our uh, school calendar and our schedule and to say, is this the right choice for us? Because I know whether it's helping us meet our, our goals or not. I'll have a link to a post that walks you through the questions that you can ask to write your homeschool mission statement. Now, the second step that I take in our homeschool planning is to create our school calendar. And when we create our school calendar, it does not look like anybody else's calendar. It's very unique for us. I talked about this in, po- in episode 51 of the podcast, and I'll give you the link for that in the show notes. But our school calendar, we have the required number of days according to our state's requirements. But the way that those days break out 
looks pretty different than other people's. So we actually, most years, plan 20 weeks of content instead of a full 36. We do get a full 36 weeks of learning in, but it's not using the core academic curriculum the entire time. We have other ways that we accomplish the learning, whether it's through trips or field trips or through special classes that the girls take. There's a lot of flexibility that you have in terms of planning your schedule. So you could do something like I did with 20 weeks of content and then 16 additional weeks of learning. You could do the full 36 weeks. I know many families who use year-round schedules or who use a four-day-a-week schedule. There's so much flexibility that you can make the choice that best meets your family's needs and that helps you to achieve your homeschool goals. And on that post about creating your school calendar, I walk through all of those details. So I'll leave the link that you can look through that and find the option that will work best for you. So as I'm planning our homeschool year, I have reviewed our mission statement every single year before I start planning. I review that mission statement. Then I create our school calendar. And next, I prepare our yearly overview. And this is just giving me guidance in terms of what we want to learn. I take into consideration anything different about our school year? Are we going to need to have a lighter academic load because of planned trips or a planned move? Or maybe you're going to have a a new baby join your family. Maybe you will be moving into a new phase as a foster family. And so you need to accommodate the additional responsibilities that will have. Uh, Maybe you know that you're going to have a surgery coming up or, you know, there are things that you can know that you will need to plan for. As I'm preparing this yearly overview, I also ask what specific goals do I want to accomplish this year? And there are a a few of the questions that I might ask myself include, will we have a particular focus on a subject? Is there something specific that we want to learn about this year? I talk with my daughters before I start planning and just kind of brainstorm and ask them, is there something you're particularly interested in that we could cover? I do not let them completely direct our learning plans, but I want to hear from them. I want to know what do they really wanna learn about. As we were planning my daughter's high school history, we talked about where do you feel really comfortable and confident that we have covered the time periods in detail and you have a an understanding of that time period and which ones do you feel a little shaky on where do we need to focus our efforts because getting their input will allow you to make a plan that they also enjoy. I ask myself if we're going to begin any new activities that will affect our school schedule, such as new music lessons or a new sport or maybe a new volunteer opportunity. I'll also look at if there are habits or skills that my children need or want to learn. So maybe my daughter wants to work on more sewing skills this year, or my other daughter needs to work on her writing ability. We are moving into a new stage that she needs to be writing essays. And so last year, when I was planning our homeschool year, I actually 
planned our English around a, a speech and writing class that we could really work on her ability to write those essays and to practice the public speaking. Most importantly, as I'm going through this yearly overview process and thinking about those goals, I ask God for wisdom and guidance and just have him lead me in how I should be planning. Some years I have felt him telling us to have a lighter academic year, to still plan the lessons, to still plan what we're going to learn and the academic subjects, but to keep it a little bit lighter. And it turns out we needed that lighter year to be able to help family through situations they were going through or to just deal with what was happening in life. And other times I felt him telling me to push us a little bit and to help my children take the leap to that next level in their learning and in their abilities and to really focus on the skills that they needed to master in order to learn independently. So I kind of look at all of that and then I look at um, the subjects that we're going to cover. I'll have some more detail on the post about how I've used mind maps to help me plan aspects of our homeschool, particularly related to the school subjects. And that can be a really beneficial way for you to think about the year and see the breadth that you're covering and how it all fits together. On the post, I will also have the list of subjects that we might cover. I want to emphasize that statement again. These are subjects that we might cover in our homeschool. What I want to say up front is that when you look at that list, we do not cover every subject every day or even every week. Most of the, the lessons are short. They're age appropriate. When, they're, when my children are younger, we spend less time on them, like 10 to 20 minutes in the early grades and gradually increase that time so that in high school, they're spending more time. As my daughter is in high school level work and spending more time on a subject, she actually has fewer subjects than she did when she was in elementary school. So we do not necessarily cover every subject every year. I look at it in terms of what's going to help us meet our homeschool goals. But you'll also notice some kind of non-academic subjects. There are subjects related to faith building and character. There's uh, fine arts. There's handicrafts and life skills. There's citizenship. There's things, subjects that will nourish the whole child. I want to educate and nourish my child's body, mind, and spirit. And so as part of that, we have time for habit training and for physical activity. And all of that fits into the complete picture. 
Finally, as part of this yearly over overview, I will choose subjects for each of the subjects that need a subject. Some of them obviously don't need a subject, but I'll think through kind of the planning. So if there is a specific habit that my children need to work on, I'll write that down. For our history, I'll write down the time periods that we're going to cover and some specific resources that we'll use for that. So once I have this yearly overview complete, I know what we want to be covering for the upcoming year. The fourth step is determining your the weekly homeschool schedule. Now, this is a very fluid uh, schedule in that I draft it initially, and you can actually see uh, a picture on the post where I like to plan there are two ways that I like to plan this weekly schedule. Sometimes I'll use sticky notes to help me move things around. And sometimes I'll use a spreadsheet. Both work great to allow me to move the subjects around and find the way that they fit into the day and to the week so that my children have variety, so that they have a change in brain function and they're doing different activities throughout the day to keep their brains engaged and keep the interest high and to make sure that I'm not planning too much. Every year, I have to revise the schedule several times before it, it, it works for us for the year. And I can look at this weekly schedule and see when I have too much scheduled. I can then take a look and decide what I want to cut out. What what do we not have to do? Or what can we do maybe two days instead of three? I can also look at the schedule this way and see when my children will need my assistance so that I am not supposed to be in the same place or in two places at the same time because that just creates frustration for everybody. It also reminds me when I'm looking at our schedule, either with the sticky notes or with the spreadsheet, to make sure that I have allowed time for breaks. You will need them. Your children need them to refresh themselves. They will need them to just take care of life that happens. You'll need to have breaks uh, for them to be able to move, to use the restroom, to get a snack, to pet the dog, to take kind of that recess type break that you might think of a traditional school having. They need that built in. So you cannot plan lessons back to back to back to back all morning long. We've done this a couple of ways. Sometimes I have planned a time slot, let's say 30 minutes, knowing that I intended the lesson to take 20 minutes and then we'd have some cushion to allow that break time. Other times I've actually scheduled a break. So every hour I would schedule a 10 minute break. And it just depends on the age of the child and kind of what's working for us at the time, how I do that. But I make sure that I have time for those breaks built in. Now, the fifth step is that I plan the specifics for the year. You can do this a couple of ways. Some years I have planned the details of what we would read and in what weeks I was kind of intending to do that. And if you do that on a on a, a spreadsheet or on a program such as Asana or Homeschool 
planet or some sort of electronic planning system, it's easier to move those around. But most of the time, what I actually do is to use procedure lists. And for example, for history, I would have the list of books that I want to read. When my children were younger and we were using mostly picture books or chapter books, it was easier for me to plan exactly what we were going to to read and how many books we would read in a week because you can get through a picture book a day. For the chapter books, you could generally get through a chapter a day. And so I could plan those out and know how many books we would need to read. Then what I would do is just have them in the list. And when we finished one, we would go on to the next one. As they've gotten older, that's been a little more challenging because I want them to be reading books that are more challenging to them, that are a little more difficulty difficult in the level of reading. And I want them to develop the skills of narration, both oral narration and written narration. And I need to allow time in the lesson time slot for them to be able to do both of those things, either the oral or the written narration. And so as they have moved into middle school and high school, I actually have told them, okay, this is the list of books that I think we're going to do. And for this coming week, these are the ones you need to focus on. And so we'll plan it more a week at a time, but, and they have their procedure list to go by. So they know that when, if, when they finish one book, they're moving on to the next one. And during their lesson time, they're just going to read for the amount of time. So let's say that the time slot is a 30-minute slot. They know to read for 20 minutes and then to come narrate that last 10 minutes. That's what we've built into our process. They know that when they have a reading assignment, they save the last 10 minutes to come narrate to me. They also know that they have this list of books that ideally they will get through. So they need, we've worked a lot when they were younger on the habit of attention and just really focusing during the lesson and giving it their full attention so that they can read and remember and be able to narrate. So they're not dawdling through the lesson. If you have a child who is still dawdling and not accomplishing what they need to do, then this particular strategy may not work for you to have them read for the amount of time on the, 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 until the timer goes off and then come narrate because they may get distracted and not read very much at all. We have had times that has happened too. And I've had to say, you know what, you have to get through this much of the book before you can consider this assignment complete. And so they have had to work in the afternoons or on the weekends to make that happen. And so either approach works and it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish and where your child is in that maturity level. So when I'm planning the specifics for the year, I keep those two things in mind and I will either create a very loose schedule to help us see where we need to be to stay on track or I'll just create that list of books and resources maybe projects that I want them to do and list them in the order order that they should be completed. I'll have any instructions that they need. For example, 
my daughter's history this year, some of the lessons say read these chapters and then narrate and discuss. Some of the lessons say complete the written assignment listed in the curriculum guide. So she knows what of the curriculum guide plan I want her to be following. I would encourage you to actually plan less, but have that big picture structure because the more details that you plan, the more changes you're going to have to make because life does happen. And I find that it's easier to plan the details a week or two at a time. For us, it's really more a week at a time. That way I can see the progress that my children are making and then I can know exactly what I need to plan for the next week. So Friday afternoons, after we finish our weekly meeting time, I will go assign next week's lessons because at that point I know exactly what they've accomplished for this week and I know what to to assign for the next week. We can also talk during our weekly meeting time on Friday mornings about anything that they've got to get done before we start the next school week. Sometimes, particularly for my high school daughter, she has to work on the weekends to accomplish a few of the subjects that she didn't quite get through. Finally, you need to evaluate your progress. So at the end of each term and at the end of the school year, I sit down and I evaluate how our homeschool year is going. Are we meeting our needs? Are we are we meeting our goals? Do I need to make progress? You know, what do we need to change to help us meet the goals that we have already set out. During these evaluation times, I ask questions that relate to academics, but also to my child's character, to the atmosphere of our homeschool. Do I need to make adjustments to our schedule or to our physical space? Do I need to change things about how I'm approaching our homeschool and what I'm doing in our homeschool? What what changes would help us to accomplish our goals better? So those are the six steps that I take in planning our homeschool year. Let me read those off for you real briefly. Uh, They'll be in the show notes also, and you can find them on the post. But the first one is to know your overall goals. And then secondly, to create your school calendar. Third, to prepare your yearly overview. Fourth, to determine your weekly homeschool schedule. Fifth, to plan the specifics for your homeschool year. And finally, to evaluate your progress. Now, if you're wondering what homeschool planner you should use, I'll have some more information for you on the post, including questions that you should ask yourself in determining the best homeschool planner for you. Next week, I'm going to be talking in great detail about homeschool planners and walking you through the questions that you should ask as you are choosing a homeschool planner that works the best for your homeschool. Until next week, I hope that you have a triumphant day.